Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show we have Sharad Kandival, co-founder and CEO of Sentisum. In this episode, we talked about what motivated Sharad to build Sentisum, how brands leverage their customer conversation data to help increase retention, and how many customer conversations companies have to have before a platform like Sentisum really makes a difference. We also discussed the different challenges organizations face when it comes to utilizing customer support data, how the market has evolved, and we then briefly chatted about how frustrating customer support bots can be and their differences with automations. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode. And if you have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With the browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Hey, Sharad, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. For the listeners, uh, Sharad is the co-founder and CEO at Sentisum, the customer analytics software that turns support conversations, customer reviews, and surveys into actionable insights. Uh, Sharad started out his career as a software engineer and later moved to Merrill Lynch to work on equities algorithmic trading. From there, Sharad served as an associate director at RBC Capital Markets. So my first question for you, Sharad, is like, what's the connection, if any, with your background? What motivated you to start Sentisum? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously the tech connection because uh, uh, I studied computer science, I studied machine learning, and then kind of I uh, I have been doing software development for almost 15 years. So that yeah. was the first connection that kind of gave me the confidence that technology exists to solve such a problem. And obviously you as a founder can know, like it becomes much easier if you are a tech co-founder, you can create the first version of the product. So I think I would, I would say that's the kind of first connection yeah. And then second connection was because I was working mostly in corporates. It kind of made me realize like, like, like the, the problems you were talking about, Andrew, before there's a problem of silos, problem of growing data, but not being able to kind of uh, uh, leverage all that data. So, so all that led to kind of uh, um, founding Sentisum. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, and definitely as well, like I can relate to the, like having that technical expertise. I myself as well, I think the first time around that I did my first startup, I didn't have them, mm-hmm. uh, the technical yeah. expertise. And like I, I forced myself to learn and it's definitely a very valuable skill. Like no matter if you even don't end up using it, once you build the company and start growing the team, like having a really, really good solid foundation from a technical background, like especially when you're building a, like a technology business, it's like, for me, it's, it's fundamentals. Uh, so. Absolutely. 
Very cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about Sensi Sam. Like I gave a brief intro to what it is, but maybe like it's better to hear from you. Like uh, what are you doing? How are you helping customers? Yeah, so Sentisum is all about helping brands leverage your customer conversation data and especially the customer support data. So we as a kind of team at Sentisum, what we believe in is that customer support data is goldmine of insights. But very few companies are leveraging it either because there is lack of awareness or uh, other reason being they want to leverage it, but it's so difficult because of the manual nature. So that's where we come in, our uh, AI product automates the reading analysis and reporting of all these conversations so if you, let's say if you are a customer support leader in real time you can understand why customers are contacting you what are the top reasons for contact and if you are basically looking after churn you can understand what are the reasons that lead to customers churning so so yeah that's kind of like the kind of space we operate in mostly working with b2c companies in different sectors like e-commerce uh, travel the and recently have started working with companies and also in the product or tech space. Very nice. Yeah, I think like the, when you mentioned as well, like travel and e-commerce space when in the context of retention, like what is the thought process? Is that like repeat buyers, like bringing customers back in that nature or? Yeah, so let's if if you if you are kind of uh, if, if you, I mean travel has changed significantly since last year because of COVID, but in, uh, given the normal circumstances, you would be quite keen to know why customers are not, are not kind of uh, booking regular holidays or why they are kind of going to competitors or why they are not happy, why they are complaining. And, and in e-commerce, again, it depends if it's a subscription business or a non-subscription. If it's a subscription business, you would you would again like to know why why customers have kind of uh, canceled their subscription. So if you're, let's say, uh, kind of a meal kit uh, recipe box company or basically yeah. uh, del- delivering shaving kits, you would like to know why customers have kind of uh, canceled. So that's where like our, our product can help you understand what happened actually. Cool. Yeah, and I absolutely agree as well. Like the customer support is a gold mine of data and it's very often like underutilized. Uh, I know like in my experience as well, typically when it comes to product developments, like they're mm-hmm. one of the last places people turn yep. to in the organization. And typically you always have people in support fighting for things to get fixed and for yep. uh, things to be updated. The only time I've seen like, engineers and product teams really understand the pain is when they actually do the support themselves uh, and they have to answer the tickets and they have to repeat it and it's like well instead of me answering this ticket five times i'm just going to go and fix this bug or whatever like um so how how is the the product then helping feed these insights back into these teams like how do your customers use sentisam maybe talk us through like a success case that you've had with the customer yeah, absolutely. The, so first, let's let's kind of touch on the challenges you, you just mentioned. First thing is because support teams are so busy, right? They cannot be talking to other teams in the business and saying, hey, this is what we have been kind of hearing. They, they try to, there are reporting process in place, but still it's not enough, right? Second is the very nature of support. It's, it's mostly qualitative data and it's high volume game depending on the size and scale of the company. So how do you... Uh, kind of quantify everything and make it accessible to everyone. Again, Andrew, you touched on this. Most organizations worked in a siloed way. Marketing would be dealing with their own version of customer journey, their own data, KPI support, their own operations. Right. So, so yeah. like these are the challenges we are trying to solve. That's where we 
kind of come in as a tech platform, what we do is, first of all, we aggregate all the sources, right? Whether it's your email, live chat, your NPS surveys, your social or voice calls, everything gets aggregated. So then that leads up to you having a single source of truth. And the second is uh, our platform analyzes every conversation to uncover what were the reasons why customers are contacting you, what makes them happy, what makes them unhappy, right? So this leads to a kind of a real-time view of what's happening across the entire end-to-end customer journey, right? Yeah. You, you are no more dealing with different taxonomies, different KPIs, different versions. Everyone in the company can have one view from a customer perspective. And it's, it's, it's kind of real time, right? As things happen, you can understand what's happening. What are the trends? What are the trending issues? Unlike traditional way where you may be doing some ad hoc analysis and by the time you do, it's too late. And if you're relying on surveys, again, it's by the time you uncover anything from the surveys, it's too late. So, so, so that's, I would say, is kind of a, the, the three key main advantages. Aggregates everything, analyzes everything and gives you a simple real-time view. Yeah. And let's talk about as well then, and I think we chatted just briefly about this before the show, is like in terms of the volumes and size of customers that you're dealing with, like mm-hmm. um, for this to become valuable and useful, you would need to have a significant amount of data coming through into your support channels and, and so mm-hmm. forth. So what are the typical customers that you're working with look like? Yeah, so I think we have customers ranging from getting few hundred tickets a day to few thousand tickets. So on a monthly basis, it can be a few thousand to up to even hundred thousand kind of tickets. So that's the range of uh, uh, customers we work with. And to be honest, there is no one magic number. I can say if you have more than these tickets, uh, you you need such a technology. It's all about your business. It's I think how we answer this is if you think you are not able to leverage your data and you are struggling to read every conversation, you need some kind of automation. The first place always should be you start it manually. Your team should be reading every support ticket, noting down the reasons and sharing it. But if you think you're not able to scale, that's when you need a, some kind of automation, a technology or a platform like Sendism. Yeah. Um, and then, so you have quite a broad spectrum of customers. Then I can imagine mm-hmm. like uh, SMBs to larger size mm-hmm. companies. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to sort of understanding the market that you're working in and understanding the challenges to go through. So I think like, um, how do you see the markets today and how do you see it evolving over time when it comes to sort of taking advantage of this qualitative data and really using it to inform decisions? Yeah, I mean, it's a very good question, Andrew. And to be honest, we have seen quite a significant change uh, in, the, in the last four or five years since we started working in this space, right? Uh, as a startup, our biggest struggle initially, I would say for the first three, four years was market awareness, right? There was not enough awareness that you can leverage this data. There are solutions that would automate the analysis, right? And people didn't believe in that, that they should be leveraging this data. But we are seeing quite shift in the attitude and the mindset. People are realizing that they need to be uh, leveraging this data so yeah that's 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 obviously helping us as a startup because we are getting a lot more traction we are getting uh, too many inbound queries now customers uh, prospects coming to us and saying hey we have this problem can you can you help us and this is this is and this is kind of uh, going uh, to kind of uh, change for for the good to be honest because covid has also uh, had, I would say, a, a big impact to this. Now, more and more businesses are focusing on digital channels, right? Uh, digital interactions are increasing. Uh, everything is, is happening over, over chat, WhatsApp, and, and these kind of similar channels. 
so yeah. how, how do you deal with such a scale the, the i think technology is the only option if you don't leverage automations you will you will lag behind your competitor so so this is this space is is kind of is going in the right direction i would say awareness plus the market dynamics have changed how consumers interact with businesses has changed all leading to you need to leverage technology yeah I wonder if it's changed, if it's just that like online and tech businesses now are really starting to catch up and adopt old practices that have been around for centuries. But because of like the lack of competition in the early days, like if we look back 10, 15 years ago, there was like two, three, 10, 15 uh, technology companies. And uh, today, if you look today in the same uh, stack, there's like two, three, four, five thousand companies. Yeah. Uh, all competing for the same mind share. And then at the same time, I think like we're, we've shifted going from like the early innovators and early adopters of software and solutions. And uh, now we're entering a stage where like we're definitely into early majority, maybe even getting to late majority now mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like the types of people using our products and services. So naturally, I think it's just become so much more demanding for software and product developers uh, on their products and the solutions that they're building that they need to be like looking at alternative sources is no longer just enough to acquire customers and getting them using your product yeah. you really need to like understand their pains their needs there and build the best product for them it's no longer can you just get by with a mediocre product um, not mentioning any names uh, and build uh, <laughs> huge companies but uh, now it's like it's a different time it feels and it's like a nature of progression i think at this point where people realize yeah. this is a pain we need to solve this now and we need to take advantage if we want to be able to compete uh, Absolutely. And, and customer expectations have changed massively over the years, right? Like you, you, you can't send those emails saying, we got your query, we'll be in touch in 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours, right? We, we live in basically WhatsApp age, right? You, you expect a response immediately. And unless you leverage technology, automations, you, you, you cannot deal with such customer expectations. Yeah. That's one thing I'm always like a little bit wary of. And it's just, I think, because the technology hasn't sort of wowed me in any way yet, but mm-hmm. is the ability to sort of use bots or to use automations to respond to support tickets and queries. Like um, I very often get frustrated when I'm like greeted with a bot and then I've asked questions and I just realized at the end, there's no ways that the bot's going to be able to answer my question. It's going to need to go to support yes. uh, and I need to chat to somebody about it. Like, how are you seeing this challenge at Sentisam? Is this something like on your radar uh, or is it something like completely off the books for you? No, I agree. And, and I am probably completely with you on the board thing. It's so frustrating when you are, when you face a board that doesn't even understand you. So I think that's where kind of some misconception comes in that automation in customer support or customer experience doesn't mean that you just simply fall back on bots, right? Yeah. The, 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 there are better ways to automate, like, like you can understand your customer support interactions to understand what kind of queries can we first move to self-serve, like simple enough to be moved to self-serve. How can you use these automations or real-time reasons for contact to prioritize the tickets? Because not every support ticket is equal or same, right? You cannot be answering every query in 24 or 48 hours. Some tickets uh, deserve uh, higher priority, right? So that's where, again, you can, you can leverage... Uh, technology automated tagging let's say if you're using zendesk to say if the tick reason for this ticket is of type x please give it a higher priority and please delegate it to this team right 
this is this this can free up so much of your uh, agents time where where first level of kind of triage can happen by technology without even using the bots bots can be used for maybe just getting collecting basic information about your account details and name and for complex queries when whenever you need a human again these automations can help you yeah for sure for sure um let me ask you a question then something i ask every um, guest that joins the show Let's imagine a hypothetical scenario that you join a new company and mm-hmm. churn retention is not doing great at this company. Uh, mm-hmm. The CEO comes to you and says, hey, Sharad, like you really need to turn things around. You've got 90 days to make an impact. Um, you're in charge. What do you do? But the trick here is that you're not going to do what everybody says. I would speak to customers, understand the main point points, and then pick the highest, the lowest hanging fruits and go after that. You're going to pick one thing that's worked for you in the past that you've seen be effective uh, for yourself or for others and just run with that. Like, what would you choose? What would I choose? I mean, I can start with what would I not choose? (laughs) First is I would not choose what my gut says. I would not choose what others are saying. I would probably not go with what has worked with me in the past because every company has its own unique challenges, their own unique business, their own unique customers. I think I would, in this case, I would like to rely more on what customers are saying on, on the data, actually. I don't need to go, go to the customers and start interviewing them, right? I can. All I need to do is just go through the last six or 12 months of data to understand what kind of customers have churned, when have they churned, what kind of issues they have had with the company, right? Uh, it's all in your data. It's all in your I'm not going to let you get away with it this easy because <laughs> this is the typical. <laughs> Give me one thing that's worked for you in the past. It doesn't matter if they, it's not going to And I really like the point you made as well that don't pick something that worked in the past uh, because it's not necessarily the same thing that will be applicable to your current company. But uh, just give us one thing that you've seen effective and, and it's really great valid point as well. That's whatever you hear now. Uh, for, for me being, being a tech person as well, I think be data driven. Yeah. Rely on data and then oh. make decisions, prioritize, understand the impact based on data, then make decisions. Don't jump into fixing things. Yeah. Right, 90 days there. It's not much time. Um, I think it's, it's enough time, 90 days. You can spend a good 30 days on just understanding what are the reasons and prioritizing it and next 60 days in, in kind of improving things. Yeah. Cool. Um, next question then is like, what's one thing that you know about channel retention today that you wish you knew when you got started with your career? Hmm. Interesting one. At the start of my career, <laughs> I have had more than 15 years of career, so <laughs> trying to kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think uh, if, you, if you look, if I look back at few, I think five, 10 years ago, I think maybe the misconception or I kind of thought that people would switch only because of maybe price. And, and, and again, it, it has to do with the shift in the expectation time. That time there was less awareness around customer experience that little things can make a huge difference uh, when, when when you think that i'm going with a different brand the obvious thing which comes to mind is it is it kind of cheaper or is it a better product right these were the two factors with that always used to come into play but now there are so many other factors that come into play around customer experience right how yeah. how, how you are treated how they communicate with you how is the delivery how's the packaging how are they they, they are concerned about the environment and, and do you resonate with 
with with that kind of a brand so it's it's like 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 you were saying there is no one simple magic bullet which can say this is is going to to solve cheer there they can be hundreds of reasons i think that's i would say is the change in my awareness uh, then versus now i know that it's 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 complicated but i know you can understand the reasons for churn yeah and it's not just about price for sure it's not about the price uh, mm. you definitely do have an audience that is fickle about price and they will flip and switch but uh, typically they would have flipped and switched anyway no matter what exactly uh, exactly very cool. Uh, well, Sharad, uh, is there any sort of thoughts or final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with today? Anything that they should be aware of that you're working on or interesting? Uh, how can they keep up to speed with what you're working on? Uh, I mean, uh, we also run our own podcast and kind of we welcome people who have experience in the CS space or wider CX space to come to our podcast and share their learnings. We have an active blog. We have a website we write about. We are very all active on LinkedIn as well. We have email subscriptions. So that's where we keep sharing what we are going through, our learnings, our product updates and company updates. Cool. Um, very nice. Uh, well, Sharad, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today. Uh, really, really appreciate the time. And uh, wish you best of luck now going forward. Thanks, Andrew. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. And you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review, as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.